Welcome back to the No Problem Parenting Podcast. This podcast is full of tips and tools, services and resources that can help you in the day-to-day behavior struggles with your kiddos, from infant to adults. Want more? Check out the No Problem Parenting three-step perspective that will lay the foundation for solving behavioral issues with your children and family. This 96-minute audio video program is educational, simple, and easy to navigate. Go to noproblemparenting.com to get started. Welcome back, parents, to the No Problem Parenting Podcast, where we choose to deal with and overcome the emotional and behavioral challenges within our homes. And today, I have a special guest on who's going to help us to become the confident leaders our kids gave us to be using what she calls the three pillars of parenting teens and tweens. So welcome to the show, Joanne. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jackie. It's great to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you in our newest compilation book, No Problem Parenting, Raising Your Kiddos with More Confidence and Less Fear. And you are literally like the fear expert when it comes to parenting. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today, more so focusing on emotional intelligence today and those three pillars. But tell us how you decided to become a coach when you decided that this was really uh, your your passion. Well, that it's, it's actually a more recent passion. I always have had a passion for kids and I particularly love teenagers. I started my career teaching high school. So I, I was dealing with adolescents. Well, it was a long time ago, but I was dealing with adolescents for a long time and they are totally misunderstood in my opinion. And I think it's, I just, I love teens. Tweens are a little harder, but they're great too. And they're, they're going to get there. Just be patient. It's going to, that part will pass and then they're going to become your wonderful teenagers. And really that toddler that you miss and love all the time, you say, oh, why doesn't he cuddle with me or read stories? That is in there. I believe that that piece of your childhood, uh, memories of your bringing up your child are definitely packed in. But I did start out with high school teaching. I went back to uh, graduate school and got a doctorate in counseling and education. And I wound up doing advising at a college and slowly worked my way up into administration. Now, being a manager is really messy business and I did it for a long time, but my favorite part of it was always when the students, when I got to work directly with the students. And I did that um, for about 32 years. And when I retired, because I didn't want to manage anymore, I said, I should look into coaching. And I started out life coaching, Jackie, but I was doing too much career counseling and I had done that a lot. So I needed a new challenge. You gotta keep the brain working. So I I have a passion for tweens and teens and decided I should coach parents because I know what it's like to have three teenagers and um, and with all their issues. I have three adult children, each of whom has had his or her or their uh, issues with depression, anxiety, my middle daughter had an eating disorder. So I've kind of seen the gamut of the struggles. And I think even now, today, I think parents are having a harder time, even then we had a hard time and finding help wasn't so easy. But today, the, just the addition of social media 
and oh, yeah. the, the difficult world environment, I think, makes it really even harder. How do you talk to your kids about war? How do you talk to your kids? I mean, this is the 9-11 generation, and these kids have grown up with school shootings and so many issues that um, are kind of frightening. I mean, fear. I, I talk about fear a lot when I'm working with parents, and I get it. I understand why people are afraid, you know? It's, Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. We post a quote a day in our on our social media here at No Problem Parenting. And just recently, I suppose it was a few weeks back now, we posted a quote that said, we spend the first 12 months teaching our kids to walk and talk and the next 12 years teaching them to sit down and shut up. <laughs> you know, and uh, and I think I just loved that quote because it's so true. And I mean, not, you know, I mean, right, it's in right. humor a little bit as well, right? But it is true that as our kids get, you know, when, when they're younger, we're teaching them to to try new things, to eat new foods, to, you know, learn to be independent and all that stuff. And then as they get older, we start to pull the reins in because of a lot of times it's fear based. Yeah. We're worried about them taking a risk or making a mistake or doing something that they'll regret later. Um, and with the addition, like you said, of social media it's really hard. Uh, be, we're fearful of even giving our kids cell phones or access to social media or letting them, you know, have Instagram or Facebook, because what will they post and what will they what see they others do? posting right. and how will that reflect on them or, you know, all that stuff. So let's get, let's talk a little bit about emotional intelligence mm -hmm. and what that means. First of all, before I even start asking my questions for you, let's describe emotional intelligence for the listeners that don't know. I think emotional intelligence largely is dealing with your emotions, talking about your emotions and um, letting, learning how to control your own emotions so that your kids can learn to control theirs. It takes a lot of self-awareness, and a lot of people throw the terms around these days, but really it, it, it requires self-awareness and social awareness, knowing how to read people's cues, um, understanding what a facial expression or a tone of voice might mean, um, learning how to actively listen, uh, I love, there's an acronym that I often use um, that comes from Mark Brackett, who wrote Permission to Feel. It's a wonderful book. He makes, he breaks lots of things down about emotional intelligence in the home, and he's very interested in the schools. But I think if you're a parent who can learn, and it's a skill you can learn, you can absolutely learn it, it's never too late. But he talks about ruler. R is for um, recognizing emotions. And some people, it, you have to learn how to do that. Are you really reading the clues, uh, the, the cues? Are you really reading between the lines and recognizing others' emotions? But most important, are you recognizing your own? And then understanding emotions and knowing that each emotion, all emotions are is information. It gives you, when, a, when your kid behaves in a certain way, that's emotional information for you. You have to kind of dig under to really find what's going on. And L is labeling, and I think that's a hard one. You ask people, how are you? And they say, I'm fine. I'm okay, you know, I'm happy. I'm, I'm not so happy. Uh, but really labeling, there's a nuance, thousands of words that we could use for our emotions. Are you, are you happy or are you ecstatic? Are you 
unhappy? Are you disappointed? Are you frustrated? Each has a slightly different piece to it. it there's lots of nuance and there's thousands of words to describe our emotions and we have to develop that vocabulary because if you can develop that vocabulary you really i think can better understand where you feel your emotions what they are and it gives another person an opportunity and then it comes to e which is expressing and expressing your emotions and knowing the environment in which to do it when is the right time mm -hmm. being able to hold back and not immediately explode understanding that um when you express your emotions, you have to be within context and it has to be the right place, the right time. Um, I, I know when I was growing up, uh, my parents loved me. I knew there was a lot of love in our family, but we didn't talk so much about emotions. And I think it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a drawback. I think if you are comfortable having discussions about emotions and understanding where they might come from, uh, and allowing your children to express their emotions. So instead of when your kid comes to you and says, oh, I'm really, I'm really having a test tomorrow that I'm not sure I'm prepared for. And, and instead of saying, oh, don't worry, you can't mm -hmm. be dismissive. It'd be good if you could say, gee, that's, that's hard. I, uh, what, what's the, su what's the subject? Um, how much work have you put into it? why are you feeling negative about it? I mean, have a discussion and talk about how they really feel. Are they afraid? Are they worried about disappointing you? Are they worried about not getting the same grade as their friend? There's so much more to that can be discussed. Right. Um, so that's R-U-L-E. And the final R of ruler is um, uh, regulating. We want to teach our kids self-regulation. And you have to model it which is why I say emotional intelligence is valuable to parents uh, in their parenting. Because if you can't regulate your own emotions and everything either makes you fly off the handle or withdraw, jump right into punishment, it, it, it just is, it's just not healthy for the, it doesn't establish a relationship. And people I think with emotional intelligence who model it for their children, Jackie, I think are more apt to have uh, resilient, empathic, um, and confident kids. And I love that so much. I love this ruler. I haven't heard of that oh, acronym he's, before. He's a, um, ruler. Yeah. I love ruler. Um, Mark Brackett. He's at the Yale emotional intelligence center. He is, he runs, I think he established it and runs it. I haven't, um, been on his sites too often too lately, but he, he has what you call, a, he calls a mood meter and it's, the red and the green and the yellow and the blue and all these words that are emotions. So when he goes into the schools, the kids, it's astonishing to hear the kids say, I'm feeling a little red today. You know, um, I'm in the yellow zone today. So it's, a, it's whether he does it according to high and low energy and high and low um, eddies, uh, happiness, you know, levels of, of being okay. I don't that's know if that's cool. not the word he uses, but right, right. No, that's it, cool. It's it's slipping my mind right now. But emotional intelligence, I, I and it's in the news all the time now because everyone is talking about how employers and bosses and CEOs are now looking for people with emotional intelligence because they can then be a team member. And it's true for your kids when they go to school. They can be a team member. They can um, 
be empathic. They can um, know how to listen because unless you know how to listen, you know, it, you're not going to make a difference with conflict. So it's, it's a very powerful um, skill. People learn social relationships are better. It, it just it's, it's a great thing. And yeah, it's, it's, it's teachable. You can practice. Right. And so it's not just about, oh, let me talk about my feelings. And, and it's, you know, like you hear that you hear people say that, like, oh, great. They want to talk about their feelings. And you know, like it's like a downer or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really not about like, we're going to sit and have a counseling session every time, you know, no. we talk. It's no. not about that. No, it's about really understanding where people are coming from and trying to understand how they are feeling, how you are feeling, and where is that coming from, you know? And what to do when you're reading somebody's body language. I love that you can help kids or help the parents to help their kids to read that body language, not just read it. Sometimes, I mean, kids are super intuitive. They'll pick up on things, but they don't necessarily know what to say or how to respond or how to interact. You know, they might see a kid getting picked on in school. They might see a kid that's just really not interacting with other kids and they've been curious about that kid, but they don't really know how to go approach them or what to say. You know, a lot of times as teens and tweens, we feel awkward. Yes. Yes. So how does that feel? Where do you feel that awkwardness? Do you feel it in your throat? Do you feel it in your tummy? Where do you feel that awkwardness? And um, why do you think you feel it? You know, try to really figure out, um, so let's say a kid says, well, awkwardness. let's say a kid says, I feel it in my shoulders or I feel it like in my stomach. It just doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't feel right. What do you say to them or what do you do? Well, that, it's not that easy, but I think you um, first empathize with how they're feeling, I think is the first thing to say, oh, that must be uncomfortable. You know, you must be really uncomfortable. When did it start? You know, can you let's do something to loosen up your shoulders because maybe it's stress. Do you feel like you're stressed about something or did something happen to make you uncomfortable? And you can keep asking if you can keep asking open ended questions. And mm-hmm. one of the pillars of parenting is to be curious, I think. Uh, just yeah. ask lots of questions. Just it's so important not to judge or assume. But if you can get the kid to say, hmm. Yeah, you know, my I do feel it in my shoulders. What does that mean? But they will start to ask themselves those kind of questions. And you feel awkward because you didn't do something or you, you, you're afraid to do something. Whatever the reason may be, I think just being able to express it and share that. I mean, if you if one kid would share that with another kid, can you imagine how the other child will feel? Yeah, I get that too. That happens to me when I'm mm-hmm. scared about doing something. I, I think it just opens up lines of communication. And kids who are emotionally intelligent, who learn something about social and emotional intelligence, I think turn out to be more resilient and more of the leaders. So um, by asking the question, what do you say to the kid? It's more kind of putting it back on them a little bit. For sure. And I love that in step three of no problem parenting, we talk about changing the conversation. And one of the ways we change the conversation with our kids is by being curious. You know, oftentimes you want to talk to your kids, especially your teens, and they don't really communicate well back. You know, they, I don't know. 
I don't care. I don't want to talk about it. So often I'll say, well, instead of asking just the direct question, you can right. say, I wonder if exactly you're feeling, you know, I noticed that I noticed you know? that you were, you came home from school and just disappeared upstairs and I'm worried, you know, I'm yeah, I'm wondering if you're okay. I'm wondering if you're, if you got something on your mind that you want to, you want to talk about or, you know, it, or do you just, I just want you to know I'm here if you need me. I think that's really important is to always, and I want every parent of every tween and teen to at some point during the day, tell their child how much they love them because that's really what they, they want to be seen. They want to be heard and they want to know that you're there no matter what, like you're the, you have their back. Whatever they do, you may not like what they did. Maybe they yes. failed a test. You know, that's not the best thing. Okay, you know, that's not great, but I love you. It has nothing to do with you and making, that's how they learn. I, I think making mistakes and the, the worst is, and I, this goes back to the fear thing, Jackie, is coming to the rescue no matter what. And that is when you're parenting from a place of fear, we, I, been there, done that, guilty as charged. But it's there's such a, a strong, such a strong emotional kind of push in your brain to like, okay, how can I fix this? What, you yeah. know, and then it leads to that ruminating thing that we do. And I don't think we're helping, certainly not ourselves and not our kids. I mean, I know I was a pretty anxious parent to, to go and rescue, you know, the helicopter hovering that we do. I feel like that's a very normal, natural thing, and we're all going to do it some of the time, but we don't really do either ourselves or our kids a big favor by doing that because they have to learn how to problem solve. You can help them by asking questions uh, on problem solving, but I think it's true even for little kids is mm -hmm. you've got to let them express their emotions, and if crying gets it out and you can then talk about it later, great. Um, but protecting them, you know, I, I, I just so remember when my kids were growing up, you know, parents would call another parent and say, your child was mean to my child. I mean, give me, that's just insane. Your fear cannot be so um, totally immobilizing you. It's paralyzing. Fear is paralyzing. And well, and one of the things that, you know, speaking of the communicating with your teenagers, you know, and sometimes mm -hmm. they don't want to talk. Sometimes you want to help and you don't know how, and they won't let you in. Often it's because, you know, like you learn a new technique, you learn a new skill, you learn a new way of communicating. You learn this way of being curious and saying, I wonder, or I notice, right. but your kids kind of looking at you, you know, like, where's this coming from? What's right. ha what happened to you? Um, and so sometimes I'll say to parents, you know, it's okay to talk to your kids and say, you know what, I I'm thinking you're, you don't want to share with me. You don't want to open up to me. You don't want to tell me what's going on because usually I try to solve it for you or I t try to tell you what to do. I think I know all the answers. And that's and, the thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And so just at, just saying no, like outing yourself to them and, and saying, I probably haven't done the best job of communicating with you or talking with you and I haven't left the door open. So why, you know, I'm thinking, why would you want to talk to me? Right. I'd like to change that. And I'd like to have the opportunity to do it different. And I'm wondering if you'd be open to that. And, you know, parents don't think that, and it's like, we don't think to say well, that to our kids. No, it's not a normal, nat your natural thing is to say, oh my God, 
Yeah. What are we going to do? And that only makes them feel like they're incompetent, you know, that you don't think they can figure it out. Sometimes they just want to vent. That's a different end of it. It's, they don't, either don't want to talk or they just want to vent. And once they start venting, you, you've got to resist jumping in because that's a time. Take advantage of it, you know, listen and reflect back to them what you hear them saying instead mm -hmm. of just offering advice. At the end of a conversation, you might say, just like you said, Jackie, well, would you like some help with that? Is there anything mm -hmm. I can do? I'm here for you. I mean, those are not, we haven't, and you know, we haven't really been taught to be that kind of parent. And a lot of it is generate, I say a lot of it is you were brought up a certain way, you learned certain things, and without even thinking, you replicate it. You, you, it's yeah. like you can't help yourself at times. So right. what I want to say to you about emotional intelligence is that it takes practice. So your response that you just came up with for your parents that you see is, is a great response, but it takes time to get there. And right. be patient with yourself because the first time you try it might not work. So walk mm -hmm. away, take a deep breath, and do it again the next day. You know, leave them a text. I love you. It was great talking today. You know, whatever it is. But some of our instincts to protect and be sure nothing bad will ever happen it, it is unrealistic and not really helpful. in the Right. Life. And we don't want to, we want to protect our kids, keep them safe, all that, of course. But we don't want to rob them of the opportunity of learning from the mistake. And I love that you say, when we rescue our kids, when we do all the work and solve all the problems and protect and hover, we're actually robbing them of the, that ability to feel confident right. and capable and competent Yes, to they you think, know, oh, rise up. Yeah. She doesn't think <clears throat> I can do it. I, and then they get used to that. And so they'll come to you with their science project and say, I, I can't figure out how to do this last piece. Will you do it? Do you know yeah. what I mean? You've yeah. rescued them from when they were little, really, in so many ways. Um, of yeah. course, safety and morality, in my mind, are big boundaries. So you don't, you know, you you can't let those things go. Right. But sometimes we can turn something into a safety issue that really isn't. Well, we can create true. it. And, you know, we can we can think, oh, this is a safety risk. I've got to jump in. I've got to step in. Something is pushing you. You can't. It's like you can't turn the switch. Right. We want to rescue our kids from feeling sad, from feeling bad, from feeling embarrassed, from hurting, from, you know, all those things. And right. and we really were robbing them of that ability to 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 understand and, and to know and to feel that they are capable mm -hmm. of dealing with and overcoming the challenges. Right they face, you know, that they don't, because we're not always going to be there. You know, one of the things that I was thinking of, as you were talking before is, um, and again, we posted this as a, as a quote on, a, on our social media, but uh, a mom had shared with me one time that, you know, she, had, she was worried about her teenager and, you know, she was isolating in her room a lot. She wasn't really very, you know, interactive with the family and just kind of down in the dumps, 15 years old. And, um, and so she, would ask regularly, you know, I, you know, is there anything wrong? You know, are you, what, are you, you okay? tell me? I, yeah. Are you okay? You, I, I feel like there's something wrong. And one day the teenager finally said, you know, I never think anything's wrong with me until you tell me something's <laughs> wrong with me. And this mom was so awesome. She said, you know what? Enough said, thank you. Right. 
because sometimes we're creating this problem, you know, problem in our head and we're making it into this big mountain. And really the kiddo, they're going through puberty. They're going through, you know, kind of figuring out and learning where they fit in. And sometimes they're just tired when they get home and they just want to be bored and they want to check out and they want to rest. Is good. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We've, we've done a couple episodes about that too, how boredom is, boredom is so good. Um, you know, it's great to have all the structure activities. And, um, I think we overschedule. Yeah, we, we do. Over- and then I we call wonder- it the crazy train. We hop on that crazy oh, train. I know it. I, know it. I, I kind of call it the sometime the three C's, although I really think it sh- I should talk about four C's because curiosity should be. Yeah, like- I noticed that curiosity was almost like an, that's a bonus, but yeah, I think you can like be curious in the connection and the communication part, it's right? All, and so. it's all right. And it's all related. And when we are a fearful kind of parent and we, you know, parent from fear, we don't trust. And I think the only way to build trust, the foundation for trust of you trusting your kid, your kid trusting you and you trusting yourself is by connection. And connection is that they know, I feel if a child knows that he or she or they are loved no matter what, um, and they really feel that, I think that you can just trust that your kid has watched you, they know what your values are, you've modeled talking about your emotions and, and learned how to regulate your emotions, they're gonna be okay. And when, like the mother you just described, when her daughter does need something from her, she'll ask. You have to trust that when they need you to, to fix something for them or help them fix something, I think if you've built this connection from when they're really young, uh, that they, they'll ask. and I. I think parents worry that, yeah, I had this great relationship and now it's not going so well. That's okay. You can repair and restore. Just remember, just as you were describing to this mom, you can apologize to your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, gee, I'm sorry I asked you that question. It was un- unnecessary and, and it just led to a whole tumult that we didn't need to have. Um, and so- I even suggest saying things like, I, I'm sorry, exactly how you just said it. And then say, I, I was parenting or I was talking to you out of fear. Mm-hmm. I need to work on that. I know you are competent and capable of getting through this and I don't need to get in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like literally naming what you're feeling or what you're thinking or what That's you think part. your kid is and thinking. The emotional intelligence there, there's the labeling. It's really helps if you can use the right words. It kind of leads you to a better understanding. Exactly. You're exactly right. That's right. So, so much of parenting is, is leading and teaching and modeling and all that. But as they get into those teen years, that's when you get to back off and let the kids show what they've learned, experience, you know, all of that. Plus that you're modeling then that's modeling uh, because they're going to look at you and say, Oh, you know, that, that that's, they've noticed that you're right. backing off or that you're apologizing that that's big. Um, right. Our teenagers, I, I mean, people think, oh, my teen doesn't love me anymore. They don't need me anymore. But I think tween and teen years, I don't know how about you, Jackie, are the, they, they need you the most then. When right. they talk to you the least, maybe they need you the most. It's just, it's something about the compassionate you that that they know is there so they're going to screw up they're going to screw up there's no question about it and wouldn't you rather have them make those mistakes while you're still around i it just 
yeah. it all fits into place, but it's, and I know parents are going to say, oh yeah, it sounds good, but it's a whole lot harder to do. And it is. And it certainly can be because our heartstrings get tugged. We notice, we recognize that we've only got a few years left with our kids under our roof, you know, uh, and, and it, and it is, I mean, there's some grief that comes along as your teenagers grow. That's your own stuff though. That's where you need to check in with somebody. You need to have a good friend, a coach, therapist, depending, (laughs) right. It isn't about you. It starts with you. I always say, you know, it starts with you. Think about what it was like when you were in seventh grade, you know? Well, and you know, the other thing is the older they get, if we're still directing their every move and we're still putting consequences on things and taking technology away and grounding them, I always say to parents, why would you want to ground your child? You're (laughs) unhappy with them. They're irritating you. They're driving you nuts. They've done something wrong. And now you want to be around them full time (laughs) by grounding them in your home. Are you crazy? You know, no. uh, But, and again, just a little humor there. Yeah. Honestly, the more strict you are as your kids grow, the more problems you are going to have. Right. You need a balance. You need Mm -hmm. boundaries. I believe in boundaries, but I don't, I don't believe in that sort of not ignoring, but the non-invasive, non-involved parent. I don't think that necessary. Some kids can grow up and be great in that, turn out all right. But if it's, you know, um, authoritarian just, just doesn't work. You're, you know, and maybe you were parented that way. Your father said to you, or your mother said to you, or your aunt said to you. And when you asked why they said, because I said so, because Mm -hmm. that's the way it is and just do it. Um, Those were just a dismissive fear provoking thing. And I think a lot of, I remember getting to, to, to college and meeting young people who that was what they were used to. And they, they weren't very happy and they weren't feeling challenged or adjusted very well. They felt, um, uh, they were mean, you know, they, 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 you're modeling nastiness, you're modeling dismissiveness. That's not modeling uh, compassion and communication, really. Absolutely. Oh, I think absolutely right. And I think too, that um, the more strict and the more we demand respect, you know, parents will come in, they'll say, oh, if I would have never done that with my parents, I would have never said that to my parents. I'd have been in so much trouble or I would have this, I would have that. I get that. And that was then. And this is now. So now you're in a situation where your child is talking back to you, doesn't care. Why is that? What's going on? Well, I, I, I think some of that is our culture and some of that uh, because the kids are exposed to so much more so much earlier. They have what their friends are doing. And I think because it's just a, di- a different generation, I think as parents, we are learning. Maybe we didn't know, but we are learning that that doesn't necessarily solve the situation. And if your kid feels, Chucky, if your kid feels that the only time you really pay attention to them is when they mess up, Mm -hmm. then why not mess up? They want the attention. Mm -hmm. You know, they may, you may think they don't think you're, you're watching or that you care or that you're upset by something, but they really- And if they don't have any control over anything, They're going to resist. They're going to start fighting for that control and they're going to start one-upping you and they're, you know, going to challenge and challenge and challenge. So you become a controlling, you know, it controlling is dealing is parenting from fear. 
if you need to have total control over everything, mm -hmm. then you have, there's not a lot of trust. Right. And it doesn't, I, I just feel like in the long run, it doesn't work. In the short run, it may be easier, but I, it just breeds anxiety. And yeah. So for all the parents out there listening who are trying to control their teenagers, demand mm -hmm. respect, they're super strict. Your rules are so, you know, so tough that you know, now your kid is defying all of those or, you know, uh, just not uh, telling you what they're doing. Not no yeah. They become sneakier, right? They have to become sneakier they because again, it's, it's more. there's the trust isn't there. And then they, they, yeah, they line. If that's your situation right now, take a good look at yourself and your fear. Absolutely. Um, I, I like to say the fear is the villain. Your mm -hmm. fear is your worst enemy and trust is, can be your friend. Yeah. And then what are you doing with that fear? Once you recognize the fear, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid your child's, you know, not going to go to college, not going to turn out well, not right. going to have good friends, not going to make good decisions, all those kinds of things. All are those you fears are anxiety that is based either on the past or the future. It has nothing to do with what's going on right now. So I suggest to parents sometimes that they, what is the evidence you have that they're not going to go to college? What makes you think that to be the case? So sometimes you have to look at yourself and say, that's really stupid. I, I don't know why I'm doing that. Why am I going through and, all those what ifs? What if, what if, what if, what and if? And why is it more important to you that your your child goes to college than your child? And so then is that about you? About you or yeah. your expectations? You got to get rid of the ego. It's very hard. But remember, you're the adult with the prefrontal cortex that's fully developed, whereas your child is not there yet. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. They need to make connections and be ready to do it and do the hard work. Restore them when they're broken. I think connection is and trust are the most important things. That Build them up, though, right? In the yes. process, yes. not about you telling them what to do and and what you see their future looking like and all that, but really building them up and with, and I talk about this too in step three and change the conversation, the difference between unconditional and conditional positives. Mm. Don't just build them up with these, you know, unconditional phrases like oh, you're capable, you're great, you're the best, you're so good at this, that, or the other. Give them some conditional positives or praise. Tell them the facts of why you believe that mm -hmm. so that they can then, oh, that's true. That's okay, true. I can believe or, that. Or it's not true. I'm not the best at this or something. Yeah, right. No, that's authenticity. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So the three connection. pillars, connection, communication, and compassion. Yeah. And again, we're throwing curious in there, which really being curious helps the helps the communication. And the compassion, um, the one component of compassion that I don't think I mentioned, Jackie, is for yourself. You really um, need to have some self-compassion because Treat yourself the way you treat a friend that you really care about. Because sometimes we get lost in all this muddle and anxiety and fear and worry. And you just, you can't do it anymore. You're going to get burnt out. It's, you need to love yourself as well. Yeah, that's that brings up an, uh, uh, another thought. Uh, I had a guest on Reverend Betsy Scott, and she's actually going to be in the compilation book as well. But she talks about that this falls right into compassion for self do some things that feed you. Don't make everything, your whole world about your children. Yes, they're priority. Yes, they matter so much. And filling your cup is, is so important. Absolutely. And Reverend Scott talks about how, uh, whatever you need to do, do something that makes you happy. 
and they want you to be happy. I think they do. They, they, when you take care of yourself and go out for a night or take, you know, do something with your friends, that's again modeling. They know that you got to take care of yourself. You know, you, you, you can't just do for others and try to make everyone happy. That was a Absolutely. piece of management that I always found was hard. I was always trying to keep everyone happy. You can't, your kids are not going to all be happy all the time. It's just not going to happen. Right. So you have to take a step back. So Joanne, you primarily work with parents, but you also work with teens? Parents. Well, if a parent wants me to sit with their teen or have a teen join in, I will do that. But I generally, you know, it starts with you. I feel like parents are, are, are my target market. Yeah, as much as I love working with the teenagers and communicating with them and talking with them, I really and I you're this uh, our our approaches are the same. Um, my my favorite thing to do is to help parents to help their children because exactly. there's so much more that we can do as parents outside of therapy, outside of the school counselor, outside of it's, yeah. Like, there's a adult, lot. You know, it gives you some sense of other other strategies, just like you said. You know, ways to to talk to them and, and be with them. Yeah. And as I always say, our kids crave our leadership. It doesn't always feel like that in the moment. No, no, no not at all. But it is true. They want us to be able to support them. They want to communicate with us. They want us to be a part of their lives. It just looks a whole it's, lot different as they get older. Right. And, but then it's there. I feel like it's there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So how can people get in touch with you? Um, my website and on the website, there's a way to go to my free gift, which is five tips for overcoming parent burnout. Because mm. when we don't do some of the things you and I have been talking about, it's real easy to truly get burnt out. I really believe burnout is is a real thing. It's not just an over, you know, overreacting parent. It it is real, and it can get to stages where it's terrible. You become withdrawn. You you don't, I don't even care about your kids anymore. You can't. You just can't deal. So I think there's things people can do to many of which we've talked about today is to to not let yourself get burnt out. If anyone has a group that they'd like me to talk to about any of these topics, I'm happy to do it. I love to do that. Oh, that's but awesome. I think the website, you know, it gives more information. So if you're feeling burned out as a parent, if you're feeling like you're parenting from a place of fear and yeah. fear is constantly getting in the way, you're up at night wondering, what if, worrying. What if? Yep, all that kind of stuff reach out to Joanne. You're just, you're going to love her. It's like when you and I first met, which isn't all that long ago, I just, I felt like you're an old friend right away. You're just so relatable and real. And I just appreciate your work and all that you're doing. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate just having the opportunity to, to talk to people. I mean, I, I, that's what I care about the most is just sharing. Thank you. Well, thank you, Miss Joanne Light. Uh, parents, go check her out at her website, Joanne H. Light. Com. I have the link in the show notes for you. And be sure to check out her chapter, Consequences from Parenting from a Place of Fear. Let's change it up. This is her chapter in our compilation book, No Problem Parenting, Raising Your Kiddos with More Confidence and Less Fear. Be sure to save the date, September 20th, 2022. There's a link for that in the show notes as well. You can log in and you can get that book absolutely free on September 20th, 2022 only. All right. You can join our book launch event where we're going to have all 21 authors at the event and they're going to share a little bit about themselves and read an excerpt from their chapter. Save the date, September 20th, 2022. Link in the show notes to register. 
Thanks for listening today and be sure to tune in for our next episode where you're going to meet another one of our authors, Miss Maddie Marie Teagles. Thank you for tuning in to the No Problem Parenting Podcast. Join Jackie next time for more tips, tools, and resources that will help you become the confident leader your kids crave you to be. Who do you know that we could support on their parenting journey? Like this podcast, subscribe, share, or leave a review of the show. Your support of the No Problem Parenting Podcast pays it forward and helps us help more families.